0: let's kick it off welcome back to another episode of the web 3 show as always bringing you q the man himself with the red pulls in hand fresh off his valentine's date where you probably wh- what did you do q you uh you bought some new red pills and and gave it to tegan for for valentine's day or, or was that your was that the gift um oh, yeah. and <laughs> of course also <laughs> of course uh your guy in TradFi, the man who's always making trades. Good to have the boys back for another episode in crypto and Web three, the world which never sleeps. We literally got off offline uh, from calling last week and found our topic for the next uh, for the for for the next week's episode. Uh, the the big scandal that we'll be discussing today literally broke as soon as we we got out of last uh, last week. Um. But, uh, boys, how are, we, how are we feeling about uh, crypto in general, life in general? Luca, how are you feeling about markets?
1: Um, I'm okay. I caught a bug recently <laughs> the, the, the NFT fatigue bug. <laughs> I can't, I, I, I think I've, my Twitter consumption has gone down by like 80%. I just can't see it anymore. That's probably well, good for my, your uh,
0: for your productivity and uh, mental health.
2: My my Twitter my Twitter screen time dropped by forty percent, but my TikTok FinTok screen time pumped <laughs> by like a hundred percent over the last week.
0: <laughs> yeah, Q. What did you learn from FinTok this week?
2: There's a lot of garbage out there. That's all I can say. <laughs>
0: uh, top five picks for what? What were you telling us? The fi- top five picks for crypto in 2022 were. Obviously, not financial advice.
2: Safest, fundamentally sound picks for 2022 crypto to make you a millionaire with ten dollars: Shiba Inu, Safe Moon, Baby Elon, Come Rockets, and I can't remember the first one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> come Rockets always a always a regular fixture in that. Um, and it's probably a good. I mean, we were just having this conversation to the audio, audience um, offline just about. Uh, i mean q you were mentioning also like numerous nft hacks that you've seen and i just saw breaking news about another hack that's happened uh associated with gemini the exchange um owned by the Winklevoss twins um we're we're obviously covering a huge scandal a huge uh fraud this uh this week um but q maybe a good segue just to continue that uh conversation we're having offline into the market update. Uh, how do you? How are you looking in uh, uh, at, at the market uh, over the past week? What's happening with all the geopolitical risks coming in from the Ukraine, Russia, sort of contagion into crypto, and being on the ground talking about all these hacks and stuff? Uh, how are you seeing things currently?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's been an interesting past couple of days. There's been a lot of developments. You know, you know, we had a bit of a recovery push with Bitcoin over the last week. Um, but since then, we've obviously been seeing the double rejection of that 45 to 46K region. And now we're currently, you know, we've flipped that support band at 42K, which is actually super bullish bounce zone for BTC, which we're largely seeing a push now. So on Bitcoin's front, if we had to isolate Bitcoin from the rest of the market, if we are to get a push above this 46K zone now, then I think we're in for our next rally, probably to the high 50s before we see any form of rejection again, um, and that re- rejection will largely correlate with the top of our bull market's resistance band, which will be our 21-week EMA. Um, you know, from there we'll probably come back down to the mid 40s for the macro higher low before we go push the all-time highs again towards the end of the year. So we're in a we're in a very interesting state now, but. One thing that there's a lot of FUD starting to creep into the market, well, has been creeping into the market over the past couple of days. Obviously, we've had the emergency meeting from the Fed about an emergency interest rate hike. Um, You know, we've got our political tensions uh, with Russia and Ukraine and, you know, the US and NATO and everything. Um, I'm not going to dive into politics because personally, I hate them and I'm not clued up on politics. (laughs) But from a few things that I've been reading today, um, my opinion may be completely incorrect, but um, it seems like Russia is withdrawing from invading the Ukraine. So it might be a bit of a a non-event in the sense of market reaction from this point. And we did largely see some some price volatility because of the potential invasion. But again, like I said, don't quote me on this because it could, yeah, definitely go fact check me on that. (laughs) Um, but one interesting thing that I did find was that the emergency interest rate hike meeting seemed to be quite a, quite a big non-event as well. Um, it almost seems like the FUD is starting to fizzle out a little bit, and it's all too perfectly correlated with our previous market cycle dip last year, May, May to July. Uh, we're printing a very similar breakout fractal, both on our RSI's on a macro scale and on our daily candle movements um, what do you mean by correlated,
0: well. John T?
2: So, basically, um, our fractals are printing identical uh, to what we saw once we shifted out of the accumulation phase over that three-month period uh, mid-last year. Where so, you're we saying we're
1: point. kind of seeing this kind of no-hope environment, whereas price is kind of not really moving too much, um, and we're looking for some upside.
2: Yeah, basically, we are going to be going up, I think. There's, there's a lot of fear in the market, and there's a lot of FUD in the market. And it's a very similar level or kind of price action, in a sense, to what we saw after we had the initial push out of that 30K zone um, last year, August, early August, end of July, early August. So, I mean, I think, I think you know, short term, I'm actually pre- feeling very bullish. Medium term, I'm relatively bullish as well um but yeah long term stays sound always bullish one million dollar bitcoin in 10 years no brainer
0: <laughs> <laughs> and johns with that uh with that sentiment uh always bullish long term obviously um it's interesting also obviously bringing in what i mentioned earlier about sort of being on the on the ground and and seeing multiple scandals hacks um you know you've been on the ground you mentioned you know seeing what one to two nft ha- nft project hacks a day i mean if anything does that say something about market frothiness in nfts or uh, a, wi- a more widespread thing within crypto any thoughts on that if any if if it's nothing it's nothing but uh yeah any thoughts on that
2: well i mean it's it's largely you know speaking to the the youth of the space i guess You know, the the NFT space is so brand new. And while the technology is fundamentally brilliant, the way we see NFTs today is largely shit, to say it bluntly. Like the the way the NFT technology is being utilized right now is the stone ages, you know, from what we're going to see in five years time. So it's only natural that we are going to see a lot of negative sentiments, a lot of hacks, a lot of rug pulls, a lot of failed projects and things like that in the space as with any brand new emerging technology that has to work its way through its infancy phase so i mean it makes sense that we're going to see you know hacks like this and it's it's quite brutal i mean scrolling through twitter you see so many hacks and it's kind of become it's boiled down to the biggest fundamental issue is that majority of project founders these days especially in the nft space have never dealt with Six-figure networks, seven-figure networks, eight-figure networks, dollar-wise, you know they come with uh, like a thirty or forty thousand dollar network, launch an NFT project, and suddenly they're sitting on six, seven, eight million dollars in the in the bank. You know, if you don't how, know how to manage that sort of liquidity, you're bound to get hacked, or you're bound to walk away in rug pull and go buy yourself a nice Lamborghini or something. And that's just the the reality of majority of these NFT projects today. And it's scary to see, you know, going through TikTok and Twitter, and seeing what retails being recommended as solid buys, is again yeah. scary. Tragic. I mean, it's it's tragic. Exactly. Like you've got, <laughs> you've got, you've got a. you there's this one TikTok that I saw today, which just actually made me feel sick. Was this guy minted some NFT for 0.2 ETH? And, I mean, it was a pretty cool NFT, don't get me wrong, but the project was DogShift. And I'm not going to mention the name of the project because there might be some people who listen to this that love the project, but the project's DogShift, the NFT was cool. This guy minted it for 0.2. He then went and listed it, and I checked this on OpenSea. He listed it a few hours after mint at 400 Ethereum. <laughs> then, he made it, then he made a TikTok video showing how he's just made <laughs> from 0.2 ETH, he's now selling his NFT for 400 Ethereum like he's made that 400 Ethereum. And I'm just sitting there being like, you know, a retail idiot to think, oh my God, this guy has now what? Like 200 X his, his net, his, his money here. But what people don't realize is I can go list a picture of my, like uh, a hamburger for 10 million Ethereum if I wanted to on OpenSea. You know, the fact of the matter is it's only as valuable as someone's willing to pay for it. So when you see this kind of stuff is being fed to retail that don't understand anything, they just go and ape. And it's only natural that they're going to get rugged, There's going to be hacks. There's going to be mismanagement of funds. And it just speaks to how early we are in this, in this period in the market. You know, and, and just to add in there, I mean, there's, there's very clear narratives that are doing well right now. And that are having a strong push with Bitcoin. And that is layer 1s. Fundamentally strong layer 1s. Layer it's DeFi and it's Metaverse. And those are the only three narratives that are actually, not, not GameFi, like specific Metaverse. Um, and those are the only three niches that are actually bouncing with Bitcoin in these corrective, t- corrective times. NFTs are going into a bear market. Most GameFi projects are failing. You know, there's so much that's going downhill, but the stuff that's failing is what's being fed to most retail across all these platforms. So it's quite scary to see that. Probably. Have you guys um,
0: ever watched that meme, uh, Wojak? That is literally Wojak. Go, 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 YouTube. Wojak uh, gets into flipping NFTs. He lists his own NFT and he thinks, cool, um, I'm going to create a market for my NFT by selling my NFT to myself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so. but, but on a serious note, like, I mean, if you look at the data, generally retail traders lose money, I think the stats are something as high as 70%. And I think when yeah. you're trading stocks on kind of the general trading platforms, you've got quite a lot of information, particularly when they're publicly traded companies, right? I mean, you take that and you translate it to the NFT space. Uh, I mean, do, do you stand a chance, right? Not at all. No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I
2: mean, I mean, rhetorical you know, I question. I think, I think I've
1: never seen so many people being led to the slaughter um, as I have in the last couple of months. And it's, it's made, it's, it's, it, it almost makes me sick, actually. It's,
2: it's like scary scary of getting a master class <laughs> in the. Oh, yeah. But, but you know, you know, the other thing that has popped up drastically over the past couple of months. Is Patreon servers, guys on TikTok and Twitter showing some coin gecko charts saying, I bought this coin here, I sold it there with no proof that they actually did that. And then they're trying to sell some masterclass for like $500. And like I looked into some of the sales that these guys are getting and they're actually generating 10, 20, 30K a month for themselves from feeding absolute dog shit to these people. And it's kind of like, who's buying these courses and like, why are we doing that? <laughs> you know? Well,
0: remember, but before we, before we, just to put a pin in this segment before we move on, uh, the golden rule is always that if someone's trying to tell you or sell you on, sell your course on how to sell something or make money, odds are they haven't made much of their own money because they'd be making money themselves, not selling you a course on how to make money um or trade crypto or whatever whatever it might be that's always my golden golden rule with uh courses and that sort of stuff um yeah. could be look there's always exceptions to the rule but that's generally a good rule of thumb um John so you may, you mentioned metaverse right um let's dig into that because i th- i feel like that's a su- m- maybe a surprising inclusion to many obviously we've been we've been hammering into the audience's ears over this year you know since our prediction episode at uh at the end of last year or the beginning of this year that you know you've got to be going into this downtrend strong layer ones bitcoin eth soul uh phantom maybe but you see, you mentioned now metaverse not game but metaverse what are you looking at that's actually showing strong fundamentals and um, maybe we can lead into maybe the current state of Metaverse. Why did they get included there?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's an obvious niche. You know, if you look at celebrities buying land like Snoop Dogg and you look at, you know, McDonald's and Gucci and all these various top well recognized, internationally recognized brands, all purchasing land in the Metaverse, it's a hot topic for a lot of people you know, metaverse land, metaverse this, you know, 90% of people don't even know what a metaverse is, but, you know, they've seen McDonald's, you know, put trademarks on hamburgers, you know, because they want to set up a virtual store. And you've seen, uh, you know, last year, a super yacht being sold in the metaverse for just over half a million dollars. And you've seen people purchasing, you know, Snoop Dogg's land next to Snoop Dogg, just like they could be his neighbor in the metaverse. And what you're actually starting to see now is, metaverse real estate agents generating more income for themselves than actual traditional real estate agents and on top of that you're starting to see property developers generate bigger metaverse land portfolios than they actually do in the real world so it's it's quite an interesting shift that's happening and obviously with all of this mainstream attention comes the retail attention as we were just speaking about and you know there's there's so much potential as I said earlier, the fundamental technology of what NFTs and Metaverse is, is not what we see today, but it is fundamentally brilliant. But the interaction we have with it at the moment is, again, to be blunt, quite shit. But it's going to improve drastically. And a lot of people are starting to see the potential of this virtual space, this Ready Player One universe. And with that, I mean, when you see McDonald's or Gucci buying an undisclosed amount of land in the Sandbox metaverse, you're going to want to be a part of Sandbox. Sandbox is doing well. And, you know, these, these kind of metaverse ecosystems where people can purchase this virtual land is a strong niche, and it has been for the past couple of months. And while I do think a massive correction is coming for metaverse still, a further correction, probably another 80, 90% bleed from this point, you know, we've already seen it come down 60, 70%, but I think there's a bigger bleed coming for most game Fire Metaverse players. That's not to say the land is going to be devalued. The actual project tokens, yes. I, I can see Metaverse land becoming incredibly valuable, especially if you own land in the golden miles on Sandbox or Decentraland or these top blue chip fundamental players in this niche. So there's there's a lot of interesting fundamental uptake in the space around metaverse and virtual land and all of this. Um but that being said, you know, there's a lot of shit. And like I said, specifically not GameFi, because ninety nine percent of the new Game Fi projects coming out these days are scams, rug pulls, or Ponzi schemes. And you know, I said on a couple episodes uh towards the end of last year that you can set up a video gameplay in one hour if you wanted to, a gameplay trailer. You can then take a day to build out your project and launch an idea and a white paper with a gameplay trailer. And you could probably sell out your private sale for three, four hundred thousand dollars and then just walk away. And that's basically the fundamental of all the rug pulls happening in gameplay at the moment.
0: Yeah, and I mean literally you, you, you I th- I think we've we've got to separate the hype. And the noise from you know what is actually happening fundamentally the the sort of deep roots that are being built within the metaverse, and I think just to put it out there as well at, at least the way I view it, I think there's still a lot to be figured out i I think to to be brutally honest, I think a lot you know at least sixty percent of conversations about the metaverse wouldn't be happening today if Facebook hadn't rebranded last year October I think that they created a massive hype cycle. Like, to like, just just an interesting fact as well. I was searching around um, Spotify and like Apple Podcasts, just looking for podcasts, and I and I typed in Metaverse, just because I knew we were to, we were going to have a chat about it today. And guys, do you know how many new podcasts that have come up with Metaverse in the title? And I guarantee, like all of the like majority of their first episodes were around October, November. So I think we're in a very weird time where like the metaverse is not a, is not a new topic. <laughs> it's sort of just been given like new legs by, by Facebook becoming meta. And, and then now it's all trending. of these other, it's trending and all of these other projects now are now getting attention. And so you have projects like, um, I don't know if you guys heard of pixel mons, um, yes. pixel the game, which is basically like it looks so shady, like how um, they they minted, uh, like after they minted the, the Genesis mint of the NFTs, like I think people just dumped their NFTs and the, 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 the price crashed like 60%. Um, I think the initial minting price was literally three ETH. You're telling me this project minted more than Bored Apes? And so they're promising some like you know game metaverse coming soon but it it just i, I don't know I, i'll share a link to the article in the show notes later but just to, to but, but to give the tldr lots of things about the trailer and what they were disclosing about the the game and everything just seemed super shady and the the founders are anonymous so it just looks like a rug pull in the making whereas like you're saying John's so you have the sandbox you know getting partnering with influencers like snoop literally having those like huge land purchases that validate their their platform and also they are i saw they're inv- um they're launching a 50 million dollar metaverse accelerator which i read an article on decrypt and it's quite amazing, actually. They're going to set up this accelerator that will invest in startups building in the metaverse, but not just in the sandbox. It's going to be building in the entire metaverse, like or whatever that's meant to be, not just in their closed system. Now, that to me is seems like a really good fundamental project that I'd want to be a part of. And I think is, as crypto says, uh, in, in crypto say, GMI, it's, it's going to make it. Like, you know what I mean? I like- so... <laughs> Luca, what, Luca, Luca. What are you gonna, Luca? What are your thoughts on thoughts on the metaverse currently?
1: I think uh, you can come back in five years. <laughs> <laughs> like I've, uh, I'm, I'm not bullish. Um, I think I, a lot of it doesn't make any sense to me.
0: Not bullish, medium term, Luca.
1: Yeah, I mean, even long-term like i'm it's it's just never caught on for me to be honest like i get nfts and i get the intersection of the real world and the metaverse you know maybe online communities you know real world utility these things combined but spending what little time i have on planet earth um, (laughs) i mean alive in like some sort of pixelated simulation is, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, and, and even from an investment perspective, I mean, how long we still have altcoins with with no fundamentals making developers millions? Um, we have NFT projects that are just scams, rug pulls. We've got retail basically being herded to the slaughter. Like I think, I think it, it's fair to say that you know maybe if you're lucky, you could pick a winner in this melee. Um, but I think you're probably better off buying Bitcoin and ETH and thinking about the metaverse again in five years
0: yeah because i think at the end of right at the end of the day we 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 always um you know come out of the market update steaming queues always on high energy and we're talking about specific things but i I feel like with the metaverse we almost you almost do have to take a step back and at the end of the day i i'm not as clued up as i should be and i haven't thought through as much as i should but at the i'm framing it as a definition problem right i think what What you define as the metaverse really will dictate a lot of these decisions and how you think about these sorts of things, whether it be from an investment standpoint or, you know, where you're going to spend your time. If you think a game is a metaverse, like just a normal game on Xbox, and it's, let's be honest, like it, it pretty much is. I mean, Discord, Discord is like a form of the metaverse, right? It just doesn't have... Uh, 3D visuals and and sort of an augmented reality setting, um, but you are literally in online rooms where you're connecting with digital avatars of people. And I mean, most of the people I encounter on Discord have NFT PFPs anyway, so it's like literally yeah, yeah. all I mean, digital avatars.
1: Considered considered rebranding. I think obviously, <laughs> and getting and getting NFTs for the show. Like I think, you know, there is a utility to this technology, but I just think from an investment perspective you're better off betting in technologies which have a real world impact like permissionless networks like Bitcoin, right? And I mean you didn't have to invest in Google in the first five years to make money.
0: Neither Amazon or
1: the big, neither Amazon, none of them. You you don't have to be that early. You know, I think it's so difficult. I mean, just the stats on how successful retail traders are in general goes to show that trading stocks is hard. Trading crypto is a whole nother game. Right. And then, you know, you've got illiquid NFTs where you're basically providing upfront capital with no recourse. You know, if projects fail to deliver on the roadmap. And I agree with Jonti, I think, you know, maybe something like the sandbox becomes a a brand which survives the winter. You know, like maybe land in the sandbox. Sure, I mean it's 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 basically ubiquitous now, right? Like, like maybe that will go through, but you know, will the sandbox token do well? I mean, John, I think you've already spoken to that. It's it's a bit more of a gamble.
2: Hundred percent. Yeah, mean, because you know, I mean, guys, I... guys, guys, guys. Just sorry, just to plug in there. I mean, the one very very crucial thing that everyone needs to remember right now is metaverse, hashtag metaverse, or some tag of metaverse in any piece of content is a trending topic that's going to get you 10 times the amount of views, likes, or reactions to your post than something about Bitcoin or DeFi or Ethereum or, you know, permissionless smart contracts or something like that. It's just a lot more content driven. You know, it's, it's a lot more exciting. So, yes... You know, everyone is pumping metaverse content. It's a top signal, hundred percent. You know, but how long can we stay at a top level? And I mean, look at look at YouTubers. You know, I, I saw there's there's a YouTuber I won't mention his name, but I I follow him religiously, all his content I listen to it all. You know, and for the first time ever, over the last two weeks, you know. At least 40% of the videos he's launched over the last two, three weeks now have been Metaverse, GameFi, and NFT-focused when previously he swore off that stuff. And those videos have gotten drastically more views than any of his other previous content.
1: So it's... it's... The, the, I completely agree with you, Johns. It's an incentives problem. And I mean, maybe let's zoom out for a moment. I think there are two big things to consider. The one is basically tokenomics, right? Like, we've got stagnation in new users basically being onboarded to crypto, broadly speaking, right? But we have token emission schedules, which are basically going to triple token supplies over the next two years. And and I think that counts basically above the uh, across the uh, board, right? Like you have like uh, this whole like inf- inflation hedge narrative. It applies to very few projects. It's easy to mix things up and say crypto is a hedge for inflation. It's, it's not Bitcoin as a hedge for inflation. So you've got this problem of ridiculous fully diluted valuations, where a fully diluted valuation is basically if, if, if the total possible number of tokens listed in the smart contracts were to be em- emitted, and you took the dollar price today, what would be the valuation? Right, like so, so those are all all ridiculous and 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 make no sense, which kind of makes the case for this rotation of capital out of deadweight altcoins. And I mean, John's from a trading perspective. I mean, are we really there? Right, you said you know, game, GameFi could go down another ninety percent. Like, I don't, I don't think we've really seen that rotation. Like un- until you know, most altcoins basically get obliterated. You know we're still in that process, and so now we've got this whole new breed of assets, these these kind of metaverse coins, NFTs, right, which are which are even more difficult, and you know we haven't even completed the cycle of shedding shedding dead weight in the altcoin space. So I think I think you know maybe that's Okay, I mean if someone's not years. gonna if
0: someone's not gonna highlight this this. uh
1: <laughs> Sorry if, Luca no, I was
0: just if, saying if someone's not going to highlight this uh, yoga and trad five monologue I am going to have to
1: <laughs> <laughs> No I just think I just think like we need to see the space cleaned up right and whether that comes through a combination of people waking up and regulators stepping in somehow you know things are going to change a lot crypto today is not going to be crypto in 2 years time right and you know in that context are you really willing to bet on some random nft project or a metaverse coin when 99% of the businesses getting into the metaverse don't even know what they where they're going to end up what the plan is well, right it's like well, like j- you j- say you know it's this hype yeah. thing it gets you more views youtubers are kind of pumping this because you know it's 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 the the, the word of the last quarter
0: you yeah know, okay so I so just, boys just on you know, that uh on on that just note just uh cuz we point, Last, point. <laughs> last comment you're out moderating me fine fine go go go, go.
2: <laughs> just on that exact point there's one thing i just i just have to say the biggest issue with metaverse nfts and gaming today and largely the crypto space as a whole you know just on luca's point of crypto being a hedge against inflation bitcoin is a safe haven asset that is your hedge Ethereum is not deflationary by nature. Yes, it's got this little deflationary mechanism, but largely it depends on its emissions versus, you know, its deflation that's happening daily. Majority of top altcoins are thousand-x's up in the last 3 years. And they are also not majority not deflationary by by by, you know, most of them are largely inflationary. And the biggest problem in crypto that comes with all these tokens, despite the tokenomic emission schedules like Luca, you just touched on, and all of that, is that in the real world, when you start a company, you build a product product for three, four years, you then launch that product, it takes another year or two to gain traction. You then eventually sell that product to a bigger company, or your product grows to massive and then you make money. The first three to four years of the starting up of that company. You're not generating any income for yourself as a project founder. In crypto, project founders are starting companies off with millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars from a from a capital raise based on a white paper with zero product, zero showfall, and mostly anonymous teams. And that is what's gonna cause crypto to crumble. And for guys that were around in 2017. 99% of the projects that were the end-all and be-all then, that everyone raved about and said, oh, in 5, 10 years' time, these projects are going to be 100x where they are today. 99% of those projects don't even exist anymore. And, and the, the, the issue is it falls down to the fundamental base that project founders are getting younger in the space and they are less experienced in the space. And just because someone says this project's going to 100x doesn't mean it's going to.
0: And on that note, I wanted to do (laughs) – boys, great points. Honestly, great, great, great points. And it's a perfect segue to the little, like, fun segment I wanted to do just as we cap off the the metaverse before we move on to um, everyone's new favorite rapper in the world. Um... Bad, bad, Wait, wait, wait. wait. I'm going to play it. I'm going to play it later. So – what I wanted to do was I wanted to get do a bit of a wizard, a wizard of Web three consensus over a few like incumbent and new things happening in the metaverse quotation marks right. And I want you guys to give your give your um, badge of either GMI gonna make it or NGMI not gonna make it to these um, projects or this sort of uh, headline that I'm going to read you right. So we're going to go through about two or three um and i just want you guys to react to it and say whether it's gonna gonna make it or not gonna make it and on whatever time scale you sure. you want to rate it right so the first one is gucci buys land in ethereum game the sandbox to create metaverse experiences they're basically like john you mentioned they've bought uh, a bunch of uh, land for an undisclosed amount um in the sandbox And they're going to create themed experiences inspired by its Gucci Vault platform, which lists items like Gucci-themed NFTs and vintage bags, which I had a look at last night, and they are very cool, by the way. So, what do the Wizards think? Going to make it or not going to make it?
2: Going to make it. 100% going to make it. Quick, quick, quick. Yeah, digital collectibles, digital flex. People like to flex. Gucci will
0: make it. Luca, what's your consensus?
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think sandbox is going to make it. Gucci in the sandbox is, is going to make it too, John. I
2: mean, Gucci's already made it, let's be honest.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, they're being thoughtful, thoughtful about what they're doing. Um, Are you which pouring is always... a
1: whiskey, John, to you? Oh, he James must be. It's was... <laughs>
0: <laughs> after, after that monologue, I need, a, I need a whiskey as well. Right, next one. Next one. Someone paid four hundred fifty thousand dollars to be Snoop Dogg's metaverse neighbor in the sandbox. Gonna make it or not gonna make it?
2: Not gonna make it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why?
2: <laughs> Why? I'm sorry. What utility comes with just being someone's neighbor? No matter who that fucking person is, what utility comes from that? <laughs> I'll, I'll go. I have to agree to with you because
0: it. it might just be completely redundant.
1: Um, I'm I'm going to go with uh, going to make it because I back Snoop Dogg picking his Why Luka? Like I think he probably put himself in a, in a in a in the like lacquer spot in the middle of his
2: prime real estate.
0: Exactly. Yeah, and I think uh, <laughs> I think Snoop Dogg's Snoop Dogg's got his head. Uh, Snoop Dogg seems to be doing thoughtful things in crypto. Like I don't know about you, what you yeah. guys think, but like he he seems like he's actually making smart moves. Like despite what how he like comes across as a person like you know super chilled whatever like I, I don't know. Well, I, I, I feel well, like this is a GMI.
2: He's got one of the biggest NFT portfolios, that man. So Yeah that too. I think he's yeah, I think he's he's definitely setting himself up. Well I back some guard. I think he's a legend. I, I think gonna back, make it I don't back his I don't back his neighbors. Back him, <laughs> right? It depends if Snoop and Snoop has an open door
1: networking event at his mansion, right? In uh, the sandbox. Oh yeah.
0: I think we're gonna we gonna have to plan a maybe a Web Three Show summit at Snoop's <laughs> networking yeah. event.
2: I'll, I'll drop him a DM, guys. <laughs>
0: Okay, so cool, that
1: would cool. be hilarious if you could just kind of walk into his mansion. Like, I wonder how it works. Is that there is like a there is like an access point, or people can can just come and kind of squat in his lounge?
0: Well, remember Luca when we spoke about like actually trying stuff out and reporting back on yes. the show. I think we need to try and uh, try this out. Try and sneak in, try and break into Snoop's house yeah. in, in the sandbox. First, okay, first next one. Uh, one. Two, two more left. Two more left. I want your consensus on quick, quick one. McDonald's and Panera Bread file trademarks for virtual restaurants in the metaverse. Not gonna
2: make, make, it? It. gonna, make, gonna make it? Not gonna make. I don't think it's not gonna make gonna it at all. Not gonna make for it for me. Gonna make it, and I'll tell you why. What?
0: Why, Johns? Why, why? Why? May tell me.
2: Talk about McDonald's new metaverse land being the new way to order online. So you'll walk into the McDonald's in the metaverse. You'll order your Big Mac or fucking share box or whatever you want to eat, and it arrives at your doorstep in an hour or whatever. You long just it described. Okay, I, th- I, the th- I
0: day think, day I day think,
2: day. I think, think about it. I think, think that image.
0: element is going to make it.
2: Well, think about it. Think about I, it. I think how, that'll make how it. Many, how many gamers, how many people sit at their computers and game for hours on end? How cool would it be to walk into a shop, order something, and it arrives at your door. Like, stuff Uber eats that's where I'll be.
0: <laughs> just for the experience. What about, th- this, this just came to me, what about McDonald's displacing Discord for gamers? Literally, gamers hang out at the virtual McDonald's metaverse instead of being in Discord.
2: Exactly. How's there's, that for a thought? I'm yeah. sorry, but McDonald's going to make it. I mean, they successfully called the bottom as well i mean you've got to give them credit for that
0: okay but panera panera bread which they have coined Paneraverse, is not gonna make it sorry
2: no not gonna make
0: it i don't think they're gonna make i don't think they're gonna make mcdonald's has the brand um okay last one last one last one i promise shiba inu builds real estate in the metaverse
2: not gonna make it (laughs)
0: I think cool. I think in a weird way, um so they've dubbed it the Shibers. the Metaverse Property Development is gonna serve as the Shiba as Shiba Inu's ecosystem arm in the virtual domain. I think gonna make it because fate loves irony. These these tokens like Shiba Inu and Dogecoin, as like as Elon Musk has said, are perfect tokens that can just be used as sort of a currency, a utility token just for transfer you know, and, and just used as a medium of exchange. They're perfectly built for that. So I well, think in a weird way, really? there's going to be no, some yeah. element of going to um, make like, it with this, this
1: I think. I largely
2: disagree with you, Luca. Reason being is this comes back down to the whole argument of why isn't Bitcoin sound money? Like, how can you expect something to be a medium of transfer if it can't retain its value and it's volatile by a man's tweet? So I think what they're doing is cool.
0: Look, well, uh, we have some issues to iron out there. So no,
2: no. Well, think about <laughs> it this way. Think about it this way. Log on to any of the top 100 to 200 projects in that bracket. Go into their discords. Every single one of them are buying Metaverse land. This is nothing new. It's just a cool media release.
0: Fair enough, no, but like, I still think I I still think that like it'll. People are going to come for the laughs, but potentially stay because maybe it's maybe it turns out to actually have good fundamentals somehow in a weird way. way. To take a break right?
2: From NFT uh, and, uh, and for like a month, guys. Well, well just just as as it's, as the famous words have been said on social media, Shiba Inu to a dollar.
0: <laughs> and the famous words from Elon himself: "Fate loves irony." No one <laughs> expects Shiba Inu to create the metaverse that everyone wants to go to, but...
2: Yeah. No takers.
0: So, <laughs> Yeah, we, yeah I, this, this, and, and this doesn't actually frame, put me in a good light, We're coming off the back of my uh, investment into Shiba a couple of weeks ago, if anyone missed that episode.
2: <laughs> I want to see so, a screenshot. Yeah, not a, not, run
0: probably run. not a good look for me at the end of it. Don't worry. I see
2: the screenshot. We need
0: proof. <laughs> You'll see later. Well, yeah, now you now know. you have me back. Now you now you have me shilling their metaverse. So there you go. Uh, what more proof do you need? No, but you also get you also get the sh- screenshot. Um, okay, boys. Thanks for humouring me there. Um, and there you have it to the audience. That's the wizard's take on different elements of the metaverse. I think just to round it out, very fragmented at the moment. Very clunky still. Lots of noise from the fundamentals of what's actually happening, and lots more to be discovered. I think it's an open question. Um, and yeah, segueing to the next uh, scandal of the week, we'll have a quick uh, segment on this before we before we say bye to the evening. Um, right, <laughs> Bitfinex. The U.S. government wow. seized three point six billion dollars in Bitcoin. And did you guys know that this was the biggest seizure how crazy is this that like crypto crypto scandal is the biggest seizure that the US government has ever made from you know that's, financial that's okay. financial criminals it's 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 mind-blowing it's mind-blowing um, and I'm sure you know a lot of a lot of people you know I'm sure you everyone would have seen uh, what what basically happened but the TLDR was uh, in 2016 bitfinex a uh, uh, a crypto exchange that's actually tied closely to tether uh, and is a bit dodgy in my uh the, at least the way i see it um got hacked for about one hundred twenty thousand bitcoin which is in today's money uh greater than 4.5 or at today's valuation greater than 4.5 billion dollars the through a complicated process of uh basically blockchain analytics and security like the the launderers of that said, Bitcoin um, were arrested last week, and uh, these uh, these two people are a couple who are who are quite a quite colourful individuals, um, Ilya Lichtenstein and uh, Heather Morgan, um, who will have much to much to say. But basically, it's quite fascinating seeing how this uh, how the, the funds were actually caught. Basically, they were able to. Uh, the sort of law enforcement were able to track the laundering of the funds from some crypto exchange on the dark web to actual bank accounts that were linked to those people. And they gained a search warrant to basically search uh, like a cloud storage drives of the said couple um, to find the keys to the crypto and then they found the 3.6 billion dollars worth of the crib of bitcoin just some key points that i i wanted to take away and highlight which were absolutely hilarious that they kept their fortune on uh, on essentially google drive you they literally kept the market cap of beyond meat a real business on a google drive or like a usb stick essentially like which is literally mind-boggling to me and they were posting on TikTok, you know, all the time. And these these two people are very colourful individuals. I have to read Heather Morgan, the wife, her bio from Forbes. Um, she's a she's an international economist, serial entrepreneur, and investor in B2B software companies. She's an expert in persuasion, social engineering, and game theory. Um, when she's not reverse engineering black markets to think of better ways to combat fraud and cybercrime, which is Seriously ironic. She enjoys wrapping and designing streetwear fashion. Right. What I want to discuss with you wizards is not the TLDR about, you know, breaking down how the, how the news broke, but basically who do we think is going to get the crypto at the end of the day? There's now been a big dis- dispute between, you know, the justice department and Bitfinex and the users who were actually, uh, you know, hacked in 2016, so, Luca, I want to bring you in here. What are your thoughts? Who who should get the crypto? And how do you see this whole mess panning out?
1: I think it's pretty clear that a settlement was reached. Bitfinex paid back. Um, those affected. And they got lucky. I think the, ex- the, the exchange is... Well, I mean, I guess you don't know what's going to happen if this gets politicized. But my hunch is the exchange is going to walk away with, with the Bitcoin.
0: And obviously we're not lawyers, you know, disclosure. So to dive in, we can't dive into the legal terms. Um, obviously, but, but, but... there's
1: that whole point, like when you have your Bitcoin on an exchange, you're not actually holding the private keys. So do you really own it? It's almost like if you have it on an exchange, you've kind of like the exchange commits, uh, To kind of keeping some Bitcoin on your behalf, Uh, yeah. And there was that whole
0: thing where Bitfinex actually did reimburse. I think they 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 did they allocated thirty percent of the losses to user accounts, and which is which is actually hilarious when you look at it now because that is now like they that could be redeemed for like illiquid Bitfinex stock, or you know basically in their like native utility token, which is like valueless compared to that bitcoin that people lost in 2016 um and i guess maybe q you can speak to it more like your perspective of it there's a clear question of what should happen versus what is actually going to happen from a legal standpoint um i mean there's even been word of this potentially being the the catalyst for the u.s government to put bitcoin on the balance sheet (laughs) q what are your thoughts on the on the whole thing how you see it
2: yeah, well, all I can say is I think the Fed just became one of Bitcoin's biggest hodlers, basically. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, in, in the the way I see it, I, I agree with Luca. The, you know, there was a settlement agreement. Um, you know, the users that were affected by the hack got paid out over a period uh, with the Bitfinex token. They were reimbursed for the loss. Um, I'm not sure if it was the full amount or, or you know, how much it exactly was, but. I think, you know, now that that money's been recovered and it looks to be returned to Bitfinex, I mean, if I was someone who got act, hacked and, you know, I lost one Bitcoin back then and today that Bitcoin's worth multiple X's than what I lost and what I received in reimbursement, you know, I would also try. I would also try to say, <laughs> can I get my money back? You know, it's just it's not, just not your but keys, anyone... not your coins yeah yeah exactly but you know you, you, people are chances and they will will try whatever they yeah. can try especially when there's big money involved and this is a lot of money so at the end of the day people are gonna you know try fight it they're gonna try get their money but bottom line is you know if they didn't just take their reimbursement and buy Bitcoin again I mean they shouldn't cry about it now you know
0: <laughs> brutal brutal <laughs> from from Kunet but look it's it's true in a sense, and the sad reality is that these things usually end up being in legal disputes, and they take out take a long time to sort of uh, you know iron themselves out. Mount Gox, the you know the OG crypto exchange, um, you know that closed down or got shut down in 2014, but re- I think literally only last year November that whole legal case actually got drawn to a close, and I think the creditors of Mount Gox are still waiting for their bag. So, you know, it's it's the sad thing where, you know, unfortunately, the little guy being the user who can't, you know, who doesn't have contacts in government or, you know, doesn't have pool, unfortunately, you know, doesn't have much recourse in this situation. And especially when maybe they, you know, agree to certain terms and conditions that were implicit in using Bitfinex. And the, the, also the thing that irks, but the thing that irks me obviously is that Bitfinex has that tie to Tether and not to dive into that whole thing. We've discussed it before, but they've got that tie and sort of dodgy actions with Tether. And that just annoys me because I I feel like just the, the people at the top of Bitfinex are not good actors in the space. and And that just annoys me. You know, um, at the end of the day, how that how that's going to pan out. Um, but I think it's just the, the sad reality of of these things. And unfortunately, you know, lots more hacks happening. We, we've just seen another we were speaking offline just about another hack that broke today involving Gemini. And, and it's just a bit scary. I mean, like I said again earlier, I wonder, hacks have been happening since crypto, since the beginning of crypto. So, John, I don't know, does this tie into a particular point in the market or, I don't know, sort of frottiness in the market?
2: Put it this way. Hackers are probably one of the most essential elements to any emerging technology
0: because they
2: allow us to find and work out the bugs and kinks in the armor. Without hackers, you're not going to ever know about these exploit opportunities and these problems. And ultimately you'll just have a system with multiple flaws, but hackers just allow for a system to become more robust. So as bad as it is that lots of people lose a lot of money, that's the nature of getting in a space so early is you've got to, you know, account for the risks. You've got to basically write that money off to say to yourself, well, you know what, if it goes tomorrow, I'm not going to be sleeping on the streets. So never over leverage yourself. And just understand that you know when hacks like this occur, it's one less error now for the future, and you know a lot of people have a <laughs> negative sentiment towards hackers. I mean, I think hackers are probably awful people. You know, stealing money from. I mean, if you just look at Miss Heather's uh, TikTok, just to think someone like that stole. Billions of potential dollars from so many people.
0: Although um, we don't know that they were the actual hackers, they just were just the launderer. Okay. They they were just the launderers. But yeah, I, I understand being complicit in the crime. Obviously, it's yeah. Basically,
1: yeah. when you get hacked, you're taking one for the team. Is that what you're saying, John?
2: <laughs> Basically, as as brutal and as ruthless as it, is, as it is, I'm sure all three of us, Luke. I'm not so sure about you, but. I know for my, myself, I've, I've been in a few hacks, you know, I've experienced them firsthand. And as brutal as they are, as devastating as they are, it teaches you one hell of a lesson and it just makes a network more robust. It's almost an essential learning curve for anyone entering a space as wild and as volatile and as you know, risk adverse, well, risky as cryptocurrency is. And while I love the space, we are super early. So locking yourself in bridge protocols, getting into these crazy nfts where you're illiquid like doing all these degenerate things you set yourself up to more and more exposure of being one of the victims of a hack and you just got to understand that at the end of the day it's just working for a brighter future i guess
0: (laughs) i've been in one hack and but but majority still a, a a hack virgin Myself, um, so hopefully not not worse to come. Um, but interestingly, speaking about hacks, um, I don't know if you guys saw that thing with Coinbase last Friday. There was that hacker tree of alpha on Twitter, and he basically reported a bug in Coinbase's trading code that he, as he described it, was potentially a market nuking flaw. And he actually reported it to Coinbase and like Brian Armstrong himself and you know, they fix the issue within two hours. And I mean that's that's the other side of the coin. Is it great is a is a good hack- hacker trolling around the around crypto, actually finding flaws and vulnerabilities and reporting those, um, and providing alpha from that standpoint. And and I think that's quite an amazing thing, just you know, speaking to your point about hackers, Jonty.
2: Um Well I mean be- Look at, look at most of the big projects. They all have budget allocated towards hacking bounties. So they basically incentivize hackers to find exploits and offer massive cash rewards finding those exploits. Those projects that are doing that are already accounting for the possible risk by offering a huge portion of their team allocations or the possible funding allocations that they could be receiving to pay our people to find these potential exploit positions in the code. So, you know, Coinbase, I know that they've got a massive bug bounty system set up. So, I mean, it makes sense. All projects should be doing that, especially if they're building something that's going to be, you know, the leading of mass adoption for the space.
0: Yeah. So basically to summarize uh, those people who got <laughs> who got hacked in Bitfinex, suck it up. You're, you, it's going to be... Uh, you're 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 part of the greater good for crypto. No, I'm joking. Obviously, that's you know that's not a, not how I feel. It's obviously te- a terrible thing, but you know these things happen and they are natural part part of the course in in crypto. I've got to ask you guys before we close out the show: Would you put over four billion dollars worth of Bitcoin on Google Drive?
1: <laughs> Is that a rhetorical <laughs> question? Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Like, you've got to think that the hacker was definitely... You can't think that these people were also the hacker because they were... They,
1: Why one wallet?
0: Exactly. Now, I think it was multiple wallets, but the, all the keys for the wallets were on the one Google Drive, on the one Google Sheet. Just a hundred keys.
2: <laughs> imagine, I mean, can imagine you imagine? Someone hacked, imagine someone hacked their Google Drive. <laughs> That's insane. Someone hacked one hacks the hackers I, I mean that's why
0: I that's just true. from that mere fact, I don't believe that they were actually the hackers. They can't be that smart, surely, like no, it can't like you you can't surely um but yeah, fascinating how they how they actually caught them in the end, and it also speaks to how actually robust security in crypto is, and I think that busts a lot of the myths around that crypto is used for criminals, and it's easy for criminals to use actually harder on the blockchain. Um, for you know that that uh, because of that you know sort of the transparency around everything and and just unrelenting transparency in that. Um, so I think as we close out the show, there's only one way to close it out today: is just with the the little soundtrack for the song for the from uh, our own uh, Heather Morgan. Have you boys heard this one,
2: guys? I just I cringe every time. Hey? I'm gonna play. I'm gonna
0: play <laughs> it quick. I'm a motherfucking bad bitch. Go on, make me a sandwich. You annoying like bad itch. So lame. Fucking tragic. And with I that <laughs> and with that, that brings us to the end of a great episode. It's definitely our longest episode, guys. We've been we've been here for ages. Um Sibs and Michael down there, thanks so much for sticking sticking through it with us. Uh Part of the part of the furniture with us, week in week out, we really appreciate it. Um, and for everyone else who tuned in live on call in, we really appreciate it. Uh, boys, any last words before we sign off?
1: None from my side.
2: Don't we'll, we'll see. Has anonymous teams.
0: <laughs> <laughs> don't don't put your private keys on on Google Drive. Uh, Come um, back in that, five that, years. That, that's that's <laughs> love that. We'll see everyone for episode 15 next week.